Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. Oh, it's such great sleeping weather. You came to church. Wow. You get next Sunday off when everybody else is here. I'm taking next Sunday off. No, not really. Not really. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Um, words of encouragement today from Jesus. Words of encouragement. To be what you are. To be what you are. The story of a, of a missionary um, who had been working in a very remote community who made it home for the Christmas holiday and had gone out shopping and, and found this beautiful sundial. And thought, this is great. This is great because the community where he's serving had no electricity. And there are no watches or clocks of any kind. And thought, this will be great. I can use the sundial to teach them the hours of the day and to teach them monastic hours so they know when it's time to do, like good Episcopalians, morning prayer, noon, evening, and compliment at night, right? I can teach them the hours, the hours of the day and the hours of the church day. And I can teach them the seasons of the church year. And I can teach them to show up on time. <laughs> Punctuality. Punctuality, right? So that'd be great, right? I can use this thing. It'd be such a great teaching tool. This wonderful thing. So he had it crated up and sent to him way up to this remote village in the Amazon. And, and it arrived, and he arrives back after his Christmas break, and, and there it is, and, and, and they're waiting for him. They break it open, and it's this beautiful sundog. And, and all the local villagers are all like wondering what this is. So he explains to them what this thing is. Things going to help them tell time and, and they're going to use it for learning the faith and the offices and all that. And they think this is all wonderful. And so um, they had that great unveiling of that and it was beautiful. And, and uh, so the, the, the leader of the local village decides, we're going we're to put it in a very prominent place, like right in the middle of the community where everybody can see it as they come and go. And there it is, right in the sun and it's, it's glorious and everything. And, and it was kind of um, surprising that a few days later when the missionary came back, um, they had built a cover over the top of it to protect it from the rain and the sun. <laughs> this is exactly what you would want to do. But, but I think about that, about how, you know, sometimes there might be something that God has blessed us with, like to be salt of the earth and light to the world, and instead of being and, and, and having that purpose, and using that giftedness of being salt and light, we, in our own ways, kind of build a covering over it to protect that gift from being eroded, but also in doing that, it's not used for what God has purposed it for. Okay? He says to his listeners, he says to us, this is what you are. You are salt and you are light. You are salt of the earth. You are salt for the earth. For the earth. Now, with all the snow outside, you go, yeah, salt can be pretty useful at times, right? <laughs> you are the light of the world. You are light for the world. Now, I know you've probably heard this reading many times, and you've heard those things about salt and its usefulness. We know that salt can be purifying, and if you're salt of the world, salt for the world, that means that you look for things that are corrupt. You look for places where God's way has been corrupted. You look where people are being oppressed, where people are being denied the same access to all the abundance that God's provided for all of us, and you do something about that corruption of God's way. You purify the world. 
You seek out places where it's corrupt, and you seek to purify it. That is what Jesus calls us to do. To break the yoke of oppression, to set the captives free, to proclaim God's favor, to bring good news to the poor. To be the people that say there's something wrong in the world, and to seek to address that. That is us being that salt, that purifying source. We also know that salt is a good preservative. Before refrigeration, right, we pack things in salt. We salt things. It, it, it keeps our meat from spoiling. We know that that is another thing. And, and so we, as those who are salt of the earth, are meant to preserve what is good, to help keep things fresh. But it might be the last thing that salt is typically associated with that might be the best thing for us who are Episcopalians. My dad one day decided he was going to make sugar cookies. He doesn't really know his way around the kitchen. And, and, he, and he pulled out all these ingredients and, and somehow it didn't, it didn't sort of catch his attention that, that those big cups of salt that he was pouring sort of been sugar instead. But you do know, right, when you make things like cakes and pies and, and cookies, there's a little bit of salt that you put in too because it, it accents the sweetness. It brings the sweetness out with that little bit of, 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 of salt that's in there, right? You have to have that. That, that salt is something that, that amplifies the goodness of things. Try a margarita without salt around the rim. Okay? Right? Better with salt, isn't it? Yeah, forget your blood pressure for a moment. Okay? You make a soup. And when the soup comes out having not enough flavor, what do you do to it? Add some salt. Okay? Add some salt. You make a spaghetti sauce that's bland, what do you add? Add some garlic. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the guy from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, add some salt, right? Salt brings life. Salt is something that is joyous. Salt is something that comes into places where things are dead and lifeless. And it adds flavor and festivity. Salt is life-giving and life-preserving. And Jesus says, this is what you are. This is what you are. You're salt. You're salt. And you're salt of the earth for the earth. You are light. You are light. Light exposes what is there. It fills the room so you can see what is there. And there are some people who are so beaten down by the world, they're in such darkness, that what they need is somebody who is light to come and show them that all is not lost. All is not lost. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. And we are called to be that light. To go into dark places and to bring hope to people. To go to the sick and to tell them that they are not forsaken. To go to those who are captive and to show them the way out by being the light to their path. And Jesus says in all these things, this is not what you need to become. This is not what you need to go to seminary to learn how to do. This is what you already are. This is what you are. This is what you are. And I think there's a story in, 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 in the Bible that really talks about what it means to be someone who is salt and light. Now, salt and light are common things. It doesn't cost a whole lot to, to, to light a candle. It doesn't cost a whole lot to, to purchase some salt. 
right? It's not a really expensive thing. It's, it's a very common and, and humble and easy accessible thing. And remember that story of the, the Good Samaritan? Jesus tells this parable. It kind of shocks his audience. Says there was this person who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and, and was, was accosted by some robbers and, and robbed and beaten and, and, and left in a ditch for dead. Horrible story. And then a priest comes by and sees the man in the ditch and just leaves him there. And then a Levite, somebody that works in the temple, right? Another, another good church person comes by and sees the person in the ditch and just leaves them there. And then a Samaritan comes by. Now think about that, right? Remember what we know about Samaritans and, and Jews and what Jews thought of Samaritans? You have two people, the, the priest and the Levite, who have an elevated status in the community, specialized training and special position and special authority and, and, are, and are given a higher status you know, in the, in the ranking of people. Then there's kind of the, the average common people, the, the regular folks. And then there are Samaritans, who are even less than just ordinary, despised, even less than being common. But who's the one who responds? It's the one who is common salt of the earth. It's the one who responds. It's the one who doesn't have any specially high status or special training in, in what should be the care and nurture of God's people. It's just an average person. And in this story, even less so. Just common salt and light. And it's that good Samaritan that, that tends to that person, but, but doesn't tend to the person by saying, well, I see that you're hurt in the, in the, uh, the ditch there. Let's, let's do a litany over you. Let's do a Eucharist over you. Let's, let's have you say the Jesus prayer or, or do a daily exam or, or any of those priestly kinds of things. That are the authority of particular piece of people in the church. This, this, this person doesn't, doesn't, doesn't use any specialized training or anything on, on, on that person. Simply goes to them recognizing this person is wounded. So, so what should I do? Make them confess their sins first and go through confirmation class. Of course not, right? The person is wounded. He simply says, well, he, he, he tended to his wounds. He, 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 Probably put some oil on him or some wine on him, did something to, to clean him up and then bandaged that person and pulled him out of the ditch and, and then took him to an inn. Providing for people's woundedness and providing shelter for those who need shelter. And then told the innkeeper, you know, take care of this person, feed them, feed them, provide for their needs, and I'll come back and pay you whatever else is due. You see, you, you might remember this, this, um, this notion of a hierarchy of needs, Abram Maslow. Anybody remember that? Right, from your, from your undergraduate psychology, maybe? <laughs> a hierarchy of needs, right? Where Abram Maslow says that everybody has to have so their basic survival needs met first, and, and only after all those things are met, then you finally get to those higher order things that, whatever that self-actualization is, right? Some higher order kind of thing, and, 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 you know, Jesus is kind of down here. You know, dealing with people's kind of real basic elemental things, like tending people's wounds, 
heading to where the world has broken them and where they've gotten themselves in trouble. And dealing with people's hunger and their loneliness and their grief and their sadness and their need for shelter and support and a supportive person to come alongside them. Jesus is down there dealing with those real basic things and he, and he says, you know, this is, this is what I've been called to do. To come and to set the captives free. To help those who are oppressed. To be a light to those who are sitting in darkness. To proclaim to the poor of the world God's faith. And I see that in the story of that good Samaritan because it's exactly the level of ministry where that person is operating. And that's what it means to be salt and light. You don't need seminary training. You don't need any special skills. You don't need anything other than what you already are. The world needs your saltiness. And the world needs your light. And Jesus says this day, you are that. You are that. Be that. And be blessed. Amen. Amen.